On this week's episode of the Investors Corner, me and Mike will be giving you a property market update and giving our opinions on how we see it currently compared to what you're hearing in the media. Mike will be talking about buyer demand, current house prices, and what his predictions are for the rest of this year and into next, while also talking about what could potentially happen with the base rate in the coming weeks. I'll be talking about the letting side of things. So what are average rental prices currently doing? What's the current inflation rates for rentals? Also, I'll discuss some key things on what the government could do to keep landlords in the market and stop them exiting from their buy to lets. I'll also give you an update on the renters reform bill and what's currently happening with it because we haven't seen any movement on it from four months ago. So make sure you're listening. This is a must episode for any property investors out there and make sure you subscribe to our podcast. So Mike, just me and you today. The way it should be. The way it is. Where's Ian? Any ideas? It's somewhere across the country what? in a hotel near you. Running a hundred miles somewhere. Who knows? Who knows? It's probably nothing. Yeah. Before breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was important to do this podcast because we've heard a lot of stuff and seen a lot of stuff on the media side of things in regards to stuff that's happening in the sales market, stuff that's happening in the lettings market. We haven't done an update for for a while. So I think it's important to get stuck in on what's happening on the sales side of things. What is the, the true numbers that, that we deal with um, on a daily basis? Um, and also what's happening in the lettings market. Obviously, it's a busy time in lettings. Inflation still going up on, on the lettings prices. Um, so yeah, just let's get give the listeners uh, an update on what's going on. And um, yeah, if we see things differently to what they're sure. seeing in, in the media, really. So do you want to kick things off with sales then, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. So national picture for the number of houses that are looking like they're going to sell this year. We're obviously nine months into the year mm. now. So with your pipeline of listings or, or under offer and what's already completed, we know what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Looks to be around about 25% down on the last couple of years. Now, estate agents in particular have short, short memories, almost as short as the media. When two years ago we had a stamp duty holiday and the whole world was saying, well, it's a stamp duty holiday, so if you're thinking about moving in the next two or three years, now's the best time to do it. Everyone said we're going to have a massive increase in sales go through and then the next couple of years are going to be really lean. Well, that's true. That's exactly what's happened. It's not because the market's crashed. It's because a lot of people who are going to move this year did it 18 months, yeah. two years ago to save 12 grand in stamp duty and fair play to them for doing yeah. it. They moved their lives on forward. Incidentally, got incredibly good mortgage rates, fixed themselves in and and moved themselves on. So a lot of what we've seen for the house, and the number of house sales that have gone through is a reflection on two years ago. The number of sales actually going through this year broadly mirrors 2018-2019, a couple of percent down on that. So it's a very normal market. So whilst inside the industry I'm seeing people closing offices, I'm seeing people do this, that and the other and blah, 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 they were the same agents that were buying Range Rovers two years ago yeah. and saving nothing for a rainy day. <laughs> so it is what it is from that perspective. The change in the market for the quarter is a little more interesting reading. 
we've seen interest rates continue to rise to the point where now, if you're borrowing £100,000, that's going to cost you £500 a month to service the interest. So for every £100,000 you borrow, it's costing you £500. So to borrow two, three, four hundred thousand pounds to do a serious upsize is now a really, really big decision. Mm. That's a massive decision compared to when it was costing you £100 a month to service that interest. And that £100 fell out of that pocket, didn't even notice yeah. that it had changed. It's now going to cost you 1000 to £1,500 a month to upsize your property. So the people who are moving are really serious because they need to move. Mm. Not because they want to move, it's a need. You've changed area with your job, you've had another child, there's been a, a, a change, you've had an inheritance. That kind of thing is, is proving people to move. So... If we run through from the end of May through to the end of August, so sort of three to four months solid statistics, I pulled Rightmove statistics because it's our biggest incoming lead producer into our agency business. Leads, so if you go onto Rightmove, you click on a property and say, yeah, I want to view that, or you phone through from Rightmove, which is a trackable phone number for us, leads have been down around about 35% through the quarter. There's two reasons for that. First reason for that is it's got more difficult to buy a house for the yeah. reasons that I've just said. Second reason is you've gone from May, June, peak market, to a summer holidays market where we're in residential, suburban, southeast England. Half of our clients are spending two weeks in Greece or Spain or Tenerife or yeah. Mauritius. Yeah. They're doing a little bit better. <laughs> so... You can take the 35% drop with a pinch of salt, in my opinion, that that will re-increase. The number of views of property listings on Rightmove hasn't dropped as much. It's down about 9%. So there's two things to take from that. You could take it in one or two ways. You could say, well, people are still looking at houses, so when they're back, they're then going to put that inquiry through and things will bounce back. Or you could say people are looking at the properties, but they're not inquiring, therefore they're either too expensive or not attractive enough, as in the price isn't right, because everything mm. always comes down to the price. If a, if a house was a pound, regardless of what it looked like, you'd buy it. Yeah. So every, every reason is always price-related. So you could say, well, people are going to bounce back because there's still a lot of people looking, or you could say, well, people are still looking, but they're not inquiring, so prices are now too high. Mm. So prices need to take another step back in order to fire the market. And the number of listings against what's selling is also indicative of that. So as an agency, we were selling 85 to 90% of our listings month on month. August, that dropped off quite significantly. Again, partly because a lot of your buyers are away, partly because it's now too expensive to borrow money mm. at the prices that you were previously borrowing at. So. That's where we are with the sales market. We're looking forward to a normal seasonal bounce through the end of September up to October half term before we then see a slight pull away through Christmas. But as a business, we saw record exchange and completion business in July. We saw another record on exchanges and completions in August, which means people are pulling out of sales mm. because of perceived market problems people are going ahead with it when they make the decision there's just less people who are inquiring in the first place so you have to be keen and you have to be competitive
Yeah, but just on the pricing side of things, because I know you like a, a scroll through right move to see what's on the market and see yeah, what's on the sale as the rest of them. <laughs> First, sit down at your desk. You love it. Get a right move. You have to see what's going on. Absolutely love it. I mean, pricing wise, do you see stuff on the market at the correct pricing, or are you seeing a lot of stuff out there that isn't correctly priced? And we're getting good results because the way we deal with things is we correctly price it. Um, but I know that we've we've seen some stuff on there that is just wow. That you see some crazy. ludicrous, absolute yeah. ludicrous prices um, across the board, and there's a number of reasons why. It's not about agent bashing, to be completely honest, because sometimes the agent is led by the seller, no. and you could say, look, it's the agent's job to tell the seller they're wrong, but at the end of the day, that's the way it is. There's 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 different ways to get on to selling your property there's pretty much self-service options now so if people are going to do it they're going to do it um i think if you had your house valued nine months ago and you're now coming to the market the price that you were given nine months ago should be scribbled out tip and burnt and everything should be started again and i think sometimes that's where clients don't understand there's a market change and agents don't appreciate that as a market change they just do the job that's easy and say well we priced it at 400 let's go at 400 mm. rather than we priced it 409 months ago and it's now 375 yeah because we have seen that drop and if you do want to sell don't worry because what you're moving on to buy will have also eroded by 20 to 25 thousand pounds yeah no absolutely i think you know, some sellers obviously overprice their own property um, because they've got a connection with it and feel like Absolutely. it's worth more than it actually is. And because obviously costs have gone up, um, you know, they might need a bit more money to, to, to move and to upsize and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah the, the, the big warning for, for anyone selling their house at the moment is don't chase the market. It's a phrase that mm. we use internally in a state agency is that if you price your house over the top, you'll then end up reducing it to what it was originally worth, but you're two to three months further down the line where house prices may have dropped two to three percent. So you're then dropping below what your original achievable price was. Mm. You're chasing the market down because you started too high. You've basically, you know, it's like being a runner at 100 metres with a pulled hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> you're going to get further, go. further away. You're not yeah. going to win. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we've got the next uh, base rate review coming on, I think, around sort of end of September or something so like that. Around, what is 22nd, 23rd Yeah, whatever Thursday it is around there, yeah. Yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on that then? So if it increases, do you think that's going to have a, a negative impact on, on the sales side of things? or? Um, I think it's pretty much nailed on that Yeah, it will increase because my savings accounts have already gone up this month. Yeah. So every time so that, my, my saving account always goes up 10 to 14 days before interest rates go up because the banks know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> They've got an inside track. So they're yeah. not just raising my interest rates on my savings for, for the fun of it. They know that the base rates are going to go up. So they're, they're pricing. The interesting thing is a lot of mortgage companies are now seeing there's less business to go around mm. and are getting more competitive. So mortgage companies are only small amounts but cutting rates mm. so i don't think a mortgage sorry a, a bank of england base rate will vastly affect new borrowers but obviously those on the standard variable rates get 
get nobbled every time it happens. And I think it'll raise this month and potentially one more time. So another half a percent this year from, from where we are before we get into the new year. And it's almost a, a clean slate to see what happens because interest rates will be matching inflation at that point at around about late fives, early, you know, around about just under 6%. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, let's watch out for that. I'm sure we'll have another update on that um, when it when it happens to give uh, to give the listeners the the update and um, yeah, make, make informed decisions on when that happens. So where are we with lettings? Lettings. Well, do you know what? Every day I get surprised by lettings. Yes, <laughs> the prices that are being that are being demanded for these for these properties is just increasing. Um, it's sort of a, an unknown market lettings at the moment where we could you know be confident in valuing a property for lettings it's sort of what what you need to to get for it and more than likely you will get that for it it's, um, al it's almost as if looking at it from the outside as i do the agent isn't setting the price no the the, the market is yeah. setting the price i see you putting what you see as expensive on a on a rental and then coming back two days later where four tenants have offered you more yeah than than that yeah so it's like you can't even keep a lid on it yourself yeah and that's and that's the current market that we're in with lettings it's it's you know you've got the demand there you haven't got the supply there people are in competition with each other to rent these properties and that is the market so yeah. many people think that you know landlords are demanding this 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 rental price Landlords don't at all. They don't have a clue what that property's yeah. worth. Um, and, you know, we don't know what it's worth until we launch it onto the market and see 40 inquiries come through the property, 20 viewings lined up, and, and it goes from there, really. So just just looking at the market, just to give some figures on, on what average rents are doing, um, inflation rates are, are doing as well. So looking at average um, rents in the UK... It's around £1,261 a month now. So previous month was 1243 and the previous month to that was 1229 So that still shows that average rental prices in the UK are, are increasing. Now, excluding London out of that, because London has a big part to, to play yeah. those average rents across the UK. Um, excluding London, we're currently looking at £1,051 a month. Previous months to that, one thousand and thirty-seven. Previous months to that, one thousand twenty-seven. So again, there's sort of a, a, a big difference when you include London and, ex and exclude it out. But so like, the increases are similar. Yeah, increase was two and three percent per month. Yeah, it's around the monthly variance is around two percent on 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 average, and average inflation rate at the moment for for the UK is ten point three percent. Excluding London, it's it's nine point four percent. So around in July time, that was slightly higher at 9.8%, excluding London. Um, now we're at 9.4%, so it's, so it's sort of come down, come down a little bit. I mean, what's driving these rental increases is, like I said before, it's, it's the demand. You know, we're, the months that we're in, it's the highest demand months for rental properties. You've got record number of of sort of immigration levels coming through. You've got more people renewing their tenancy and you've got more people looking to, to rent an accommodation because they can't afford to buy. 
So that's that's where all of the people are coming in, and and land a lot of landlords are exiting the marketing like 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 we've spoke before, probably about hundred thousand landlords that are exiting um, each each year. So the demand, the tenant demand, is up by sort of thirty eight percent this time last year. That the supply is around eighteen percent down, to so a fifty percent swing. Yeah. So that just shows that. So, so a man with common sense is going to be a fifty percent price yeah. change when it washes so, out. Exactly. So it's it's just it's just crazy at the moment. Um, I think the things that we're we're looking at on why landlords are exiting the market. There's been a lot of conversation on the renters' reform yeah. um, bill, and that's why landlords are exiting. My opinion on it is it's more to do with tax issues yeah. and, and costs. Because when you look into the renters' reform bill, all right, there's some stuff there that we all won't agree on, but there's some good stuff in there as well to help tenants and landlords. So it's not all that bad. So I thought, yeah, I think the renters' reform side of things, it's it's there, but it's not the main cause of, of landlords exiting. You know, when I look at the tax issues, we've got stuff like capital gains tax, extra stamp duty. You know, no more more section twenty four. Yeah, in interest. So. Um, yeah, it's it's just those things coupled with the renters' reform bill. Why landlords are just thinking, yeah, is this actually an investment now? Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on 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 that? On is property renting out a property and having a buy to let is that an investment to have right now? I think it depends who you are, and this is what I'm seeing from from the outside is a highly geared landlord doesn't work anymore because you can't offset the mortgage interest at the right rate mm. for it to work. And if it's now costing you £500 a month to service £100,000 debt, mm. your mortgage is likely to be £1,000 on a property that rents for £1,250, £1,300. So you're never going to make any actual financial profit, yeah. and you're going to get taxed as if you're making a profit. So you're actually going to pay tax on a loss. Mm. So I don't see that it works in the short term for the highly geared landlord. The short term is not why you buy a property no, home. No. So the flip side of that is I'm seeing more seasoned landlords or cash buyers moving into the market because they see a gap, because they see that people with low deposits, 20 to 25 to 30% deposit landlords, shying away, and a lot of older landlords retiring, now's a good time to get mm. into the property market there's a few less first-time buyers around, money's more expensive. Well, if I've got cash in my bank account, I'm the king of this market. Mm. So I can I can actually make some moves. So auction buying is busy yeah. at the moment. So a lot of properties going to auction, but they're selling. The sales yeah. ratios are really, really good. So I think the answer to your question, is it is it an investable asset? Yes, but... Mm. There's a big but. It yeah. depends who you are. You've yeah. got to be in the right place to to, to do it, uh, to see yourself through over the next couple of years. Otherwise, you'll be paying into that. And whilst, if you listen to the podcast regularly, I see no problem with having to contribute towards a buy-to-let because you pay money into your pension. Mm. So paying money into a buy-to-let is basically the same thing. Um, you, would, you don't want to if you don't have to. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well... Um, just going back to the the tax side of things and what 
things that could be done to make it easier for landlords to keep landlords in the market and, and get that rental supply up. So I've, I've looked at sort of six things. Really? Andy's bid for Chancellor. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Do you know one of the things that I, that I read um, the other day was Michael Gove saying that landlords are absolutely vital to, to, to the rentals market and we need them. And it's first trade that I said for a while. Yeah. yeah. So what are you now going to do mm. to make that happen? Right now, not really doing a lot. No. Um, so I thought, right, let's have a look at six things. And these are taken from other people's sort of comments as well that I've seen. Um, but six things that potentially that they can do to keep these vital landlords in, in the market. So number one review taxes that apply to private landlords. So develop policies that promote long-term investment and reduce costs for tenants. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Good. Got your approval. Yes. Good. Um, reinstate mortgage tax relief. Obviously, that's a, that's a big one. So level the playing field between landlords operating in their own name who are subject to tax changes and those who are set up as a business who are not. Yeah, so I think we're seeing more landlords go down the route of um, sort of incorporating their portfolio into into business to for, for tax purposes. But not all landlords look into that side of things or know about that side of things. So if it was just level and easier to understand, then I think that would that is our fair well. playing field. Yeah, reduce taxes on additional properties. So existing surcharges must be reduced and could be split. So a lower percentage is paid by landlords looking to invest in the private rented sector and a higher percentage is paid by individuals buying second homes. So we're talking stamp duty. Yes. So a reduction on that 3%. Reduction, yeah. But hitting the people who are buying holiday homes. Exactly. I think that would sort of work. And it sort of have a... How do we distinguish a holiday home from a buy to Not sure. Didn't really get that far. Cornwall, it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> if it's in Bracknell, probably didn't not a holiday home. Didn't get that far. Um, <laughs> that is something I will look into. So next podcast, I'll give you an yeah, update on that. Do it. Um, bring back tax relief for energy efficiency. So help landlords with the cost of energy efficiency work and ensure that, tenefits, uh, ensure that tenants benefit from lower bills. Yeah. It's never worked so far. All of no. the, everything I've ever seen has been a, a, a fad mm. introduced by the government to yeah. say we're putting X amount of million behind this green deal. Yeah, and then he does. Uh, and no landlord has ever claimed on it. No. No, so they need to make it easier and more clear. Straightforward grants yeah. for straightforward things yeah. rather than sort of smoke and mirror policy. Yeah, if you do this... This will happen, but yes. in order for that to happen, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then when you do that X, Y, and Z, you have to do this. It's just, yeah, it's not yeah. clear enough, is it? If, if you rent a property with an EPC of an A or a B, you pay less tax. Yeah. No. Like, straight. Just doesn't make sense. That needs to be clear and, and do something about that. Uh, reduce capital gains tax thresholds. So align residential property with other asset classes and remove the disincentive to invest. Then that's a big one, isn't it, around capital gains? tax side of things for, for investment I've always thought a bit the other way around almost like I think the landlords at the moment are selling before capital gains gets worse mm. so are people selling now 
because of the fear of capital gains. Yeah. Because it can change at any moment. It's one of those taxes that they don't even... Yeah. Back tonight, like income tax, years of chat. Because the threshold... Very rarely change. Yeah, no, I think the threshold's reducing, isn't it? Uh, the increasing, yeah. sorry. So it's increasing, so... Mm. If they, I think that's had a big impact on on the landlords as well. That they've got it in their heads that this is going to happen. Yes, and they get out now. Absolutely. As if yeah. we go back to how it was, reduce it even further. Then yeah. Yeah. you've got it in your head. Yeah, when I sold my last bar, I had a twelve thousand pounds allowance, as did my wife. Yeah. So we had the first twenty four thousand pounds written off, and blah 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 yada yada yada. We paid capital gains tax, but we. Paid it with a rice smile, there was profit. Made. Yeah, so I was quite happy to pay some tax on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's what majority of landlords should have that mindset as 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 you. You know, get them happy to do something rather than against. Yeah, against I wasn't buzzing. No, but I was alright with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, rent controls. Then, so this is something that I've <laughs> seen recently about about rent controls. I saw a, an article. I think you mentioned something about it as well, Mike, about having. Um, like a tracker, a rent tracker that clients have been asking agents to um, keep an eye on, on like a market tracker for I've, rent. I've, yeah, I've, I've seen sign. in the media landlords asking their agents to produce contracts where the rent goes up in line with yeah. Bank of England base rates, so they're protected, but yeah. the tenant obviously isn't, which that blew my mind. I mean, yeah. if you're signing a year's contract, you agree that... You agree what you're doing, just like if you sign a fixed term mortgage deal. Yeah. Like crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that was one thing, but you know, the government were talking about rent controls. It's obviously mm. happening in Scotland. Doesn't seem to work that great in Scotland with the stuff that I've read um, from, from it. But avoiding rent controls, obviously, the flexible tenancies that we have at the moment and the rent prices driven by the market. Yeah. Um, have led to the success of the private rented sector before. So why change it? It's just another thing that doesn't need to be done. Um, I think a lot of this is being driven by sort of activists and the pressure that's that's put on, on that side of things. But what, so what does a rent control do? If they put rent control measures in place in Berkshire... Yeah. From next week, what happens to the market? What happens to tenants? I mean, for tenants, I suppose that you know they they know they have a figure that it can increase by. Mm-hmm. Whether tenants, I mean, every tenant that I've spoken to has never mentioned anything about rent increases, rent controls, how it affects them, or anything like that. So I can't see it having. A, a positive impact on tenants because I'm, I'm, tenants are always going to be there. I'm thinking how it affects tenants is more landlords sell up, more people yet, driven yeah. from the market because they think, well, my costs can go up, my tax can go up, but my rent can't. Mm. So I'm going to sell now. Yeah. Because rent controls, say they say, okay, rent controls coming 2024, blah, 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 white paper, yada, 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 wait yeah. for it all to go through secession in Parliament. You'll have absolute mass sell-off yeah. rental properties. And then tenants won't ha- will have less option yeah, because there'll be less property out there. But like I said about about tenants, is this something that tenants want? 
my opinion is probably not because all of the terms that I've spoken to have never mentioned it, never had any issues before with rent. So I suppose it depends what type of person you are, what type of agent you are. Yes. You know, there's there's agents and, and people out there that are going to take the mic. I yeah. mean, they're, they're just going to ask for a rent increase, £500 a month. Mm -hmm. Right, let's be realistic. That's just stupid. It's not yeah. going to happen. But I think we're, we're, we're working in a reasonably wealthy suburban yeah. market as well. So if rent goes up, your tenant spends five minutes on right move, realises the market. Yeah, I understand it. Signs the contract and, and cracks on mm. um, because pay rises have been decent across the board. Mm. There's not mass unemployment. There's not mass changes. It's it, The economy is reasonably stable where we are. So people have had to, almost had to take it. It's a bitter pill to swallow. Granted, I don't want to make it sound like a smaller thing than it is when, when your rent goes up, but... It's a bit of a pill to swallow, but people generally have taken it on the chin, just like most homeowners have yeah. taken their increased mortgage rates on the chin as well. Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows that the costs have gone up. They they do their own research now, um, and you know what we what we do is you know we give comparables to them of what's happening in that market, those type of properties, yeah. what's currently on the market, and they totally understand that it, that it's that it needs to that it needs to be done. And if you have that evidence and you speak to speak to tenants about that and about rent increases, then it's then it's no issue at all. So just just whilst we're on the subject of, of tenants then, so just got some stats on affordability for tenants. Yeah. And what their income, um, how much their their income goes towards rentals. So across the UK, it's now thirty two point three percent of their income goes towards paying rent. Um, it was at 30.1% previous month to, to where we are now. So there's been a slight increase on on, yep. on that side of things. Be specific to the southeast, because these, these numbers are a little bit higher. So 33.2% of income compared to 31.3% in the previous month. And then London is nearly a 40%. 40% of your income going on rentals i'm nervous above 33 percent yes because we we run obviously referencing based on roughly 30 percent is affordable mm. anything over that becomes unaffordable because you're paying council tax gas electric water yeah general bills food child care etc yeah. etc with 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 the remainder if that's um net on mm. tax I don't know whether that's gross or a net stat, but yeah, you wouldn't want to see it go really past that nine percent. No, so I mean London. I mean you can see why more and more people are coming out of London, coming to around where we are in in Berkshire, you know Reading way, where it's easy to get access into into London. You get sort of reduced rental prices compared to London, um, but London's just crazy. Yeah, it's just a crazy market. All people in London are better at hiding their income. And people well, in the rest uh, of the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, to do that in your head. Could could be, could be. And um, so just the last thing that I wanted to to talk about was the rents reform bill. So yeah. just to give you a quick update on on this, because I know it's a hot topic. It's been a hot topic for for twelve months now. Um and yeah, just just an update of where things are at. Because four months ago it had it had its first reading. Everything went crazy. Yep. All these questions being asked. 
um, negative media use. So right now it hasn't had its second reading. Okay, it's not sort of scheduled to have a second reading in the House of Commons. They normally release it every Thursday on what they're going to discuss for that week. It's not on the agenda. Okay, so government are going to break up for the conference party, I think they call it, in, mm. in September. So if it doesn't happen before then, then the soonest time that it can be discussed will be October the 16th. Okay? Then they've got a short period of time between October the 16th and November the 7th when the King does his speech on the government's agenda for the for the upcoming year. Okay. If it's not on that, I see where we're going here. If it's not, <laughs> if it's not on that, then the whole thing needs to be reintroduced and the whole process starts again. So we could be seeing right now that nothing, no second reading is going to happen. It's not going to go through the next stages. And if it's not done by no November the 7th and had its second reading by then, the whole process starts again. So we're back to square one. So... That's where we are at the, yeah, at the moment. Clock's ticking. Is Clock's it? ticking. You know, this whole massive thing from the government that we need to do this, we need to introduce it, let's get going with it. And they haven't got it on the agenda so far. Okay. So, watch out for that. It's not number one, is it? Well, it's not yeah. number one on the, on the agenda. My, my thoughts are, my opinion on it is that it's had its first reading. All of the details came out. There was stuff within that renters' reform bill that needed to be reviewed. Yeah. Um, and they take a completely wrong approach to certain things. Um, and people have, have debated it and, and you know, had their say on it, which has forced the government to review it and they can't, and they can't do it quickly enough because there's things in there that need to be reviewed in, in detail. Um, so yeah, watch watch this space. The whole thing could start from from square one. Um, but again, once we have more details on that, I'll keep you updated. Um, and then yeah, we'll we'll take it from there. Thanks for your time. Good one. Lovely. Thanks for listening in. Um, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um, you know we're we're bringing this stuff. This is free information that we're bringing you. Where you pay thousands of pounds for for getting that elsewhere that information you know speaking to to people involved with this industry so yeah make sure you hit the subscribe button and we'll see you next week